0: What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers moved to 4-2 and two on the season with a 24-17 win over the Los Angeles Rams in Week 7. Cough, cough, Steven called it. So did I, actually, if we're going to be honest about that one. We're going to dive into Kenny Pickett's. Possibly the best game of his career. Another second half comeback by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Our thoughts on Matt Canada and his adjustments in this game. Whether or not the Pittsburgh Steelers could use this as momentum to finally build something that we've all been waiting for. And then a defensive move that at this point just has to happen. There are no more excuses for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is a freezing cold day here in the city of Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've gone outside yet, but it. It's brutal out there. It is not fun to go outside. Wouldn't recommend it. Either way, still beautiful cuz it's Victory Monday. How you feeling, my friend? I'm
1: feeling good. I'm realizing that I before the bye week or during the bye week predicted that the Steelers would win this game against the Rams and then yes. win the next three. And then on our show on Friday, I predicted them to lose. So you I did. I'm covering on I'm playing both sides, so I mm-hmm. always come out on top. Uh, so I, I actually feel pretty good, quite honestly. That's that's uh, that was really smart by me and I didn't even realize it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you hedged it. It was nice. It was a good uh it was a good move. It was a good gambling move. If we had any money on this, you know, it'd be good. But in the grand scheme of things, I have taken a, a two a two week lead over you in the season, and I don't think we were even trying to keep track, but since I've started winning. I'm definitely keeping track. There's 100% on that one, back-to-back back here. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers did win. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett, I mean, in my opinion, maybe the best game of his career, finishes the night 17-25, to 25, 230 yards, rushes for a touchdown, finishes it on a uh, definitely a questionable quarterback sneak there at the end, but one that got the game done. Either way, a clutch throw to Allen Robinson on third down just before that. Let me read some uh, – Some pretty interesting, pretty big stat here for Kenny Pickett. He was 11 for 12 last night in the second half for 152 yards. Nearly perfect. You saw that. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens both involved in the game. George Pickens had his second 100-yard receiving day. Meanwhile, Deontay Johnson comes back with 79 yards through the air. I think he only played like 66% of the snaps or something, too, when he was still out there. Your thoughts on... Kenny Pickett's performance in week seven, you impressed you trying hard to not look too far into this. What are your, what are your thoughts leaving, leaving Los Angeles?
1: I was really impressed. Um, I I think you just look at Kenny's body of work from his entire career. And when you take into account the efficiency, uh, this game situation, and then the competition, like this was a really good defense that, that Kenny and the, and the offense was facing. And this was probably the best game of his career. Um, It's the only time that he's thrown for more than 230 yards uh, with no interceptions while completing more than 60% of his passes. Uh, He's never done that before. Um, So he was efficient. I thought he was going the right place with the ball. I thought he was accurate. Um, And I think even when you think about when they struggled in the first half, uh, I, I can't exactly put all of their struggles on him. I think there were a lot of kind of extenuating circumstances. They weren't, running the ball as efficiently Uh, they had penalties that were holding them back and kept them off the field and kept them behind the sticks. Uh, When he was really given a chance to command a clean offense and command an offense that, that, you know, was working with him and working for him. uh, He was, he was money like all day. Uh, So I thought it was, I I thought it was his best performance of his career. I was really impressed and a, a really nice step forward, not just for him, but, but the offense as a whole.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I looked at Kenny just from start to finish, and it was real early in the game. I started to think, Kenny, Kenny doesn't look rattled. Kenny looks pretty comfortable out there. He looks confident in his arm. He looks confident in his offensive line. He's staying in the pocket. He's not trying to do too much. He's just making throws. People were getting on him about the George Pickens throw. I didn't think it was a great throw, but like, it wasn't like the
1: worst throw in the world. The I, one where Pickens is sliding right, and he like he kind of alligator armed it a little bit, right? Like that one. No, no, no the one, one
0: where uh, no, because that one was a hundred percent a business call. Yeah, by Pickens, he knew. Which, yeah, like, because you
1: know, because the guy that he he uh, yeah. blindside blocked was coming into yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He knew what was happening, and like I'm not even upset about that one because like if if I'm if I'm out there, I'm not making that catch right. either. I'm like, all right, pal, I'm I'm trying to live another <laughs> day. Um, yeah. no, the deep ball early where Pickens caught uh, it and he couldn't get his feet inbounds. People yeah. were getting on him. I think the bigger issue on that play was Allen Robinson was wide open in the middle of the field, like 10, 10 yards in front of him. But I get that that was a pre-snap decision by Kenny that said, oh, that's one-on-one coverage. I'm going to George. And I can't, you can't criticize that. It's George Pickens. People are getting on him. I thought even that play, I thought start to finish. Kenny looked very smooth, looked confident. And then in the second half, I mean, Kenny Pickett became Kenny Pickett. He was the Kenny Pickett that we've seen on one drive a game two drives a game where it's just like, okay, this is do or die for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny's got to do something, and then he does it. The difference was this was an entire half. This was the whole second half. Kenny Pickett came out and showed an entire body of work. I thought that was great. You're not going to be able to win games 9-3. to three. I think that's – or like by going down 9-3 to three at halftime. I don't think that that's sustainable. But I do think that what Kenny Pickett showed – was for the first time like, oh, okay, well Kenny Pickett's an NFL quarterback. He's capable of doing these things. And like, you know, it's hard to judge guys on a week to week basis, but still think still think it was good. His um how what were your thoughts on him, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens coming out? Is this uh is this an offense you look at right now and you know, is this something they carry over? Is this something that you look at and say this is this is sustainable or something that you're like, okay, I gotta see this another another week, another two weeks what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it certainly is sustainable. I mean, obviously, you do have to you have to actually see it to to believe yeah. it. But I, I think they have some really good building blocks in place. Um, and I think mm-hmm. they've really the getting Deontay back was so huge. I mean, yes, I, I think we all we all knew it would help, but I think everyone kind of underrated a little bit, including myself, how just how much it would, uh, how much it opened things up for for George. How many times George was able to get single coverage and then. Even Deontay getting single coverage and able to make a move and make run uh, create some yards after the catch. Um, I was not Deontay's biggest fan last year, but he, he is. I don't know. He he's really Deontay Johnson this year. I think he looks more yeah. like the guy that the Steelers thought they were they were paying for. Especially in this game, he was he was big, and it's just it's a rising tide that I think lifts all boats. You know, like adding yeah. this one guy back into the offense, had a residual effect that that helped everyone out from from Kenny to George to the run game too. It was – but yeah, I, I think there are really sustainable building blocks, especially because you also got the running game going too. Like that's another thing. Like you yeah. – I thought they blocked pretty well against a really good defensive line and created big holes for, for Jalen Warren and Najee to run through. And then Najee and Jalen – I mean Najee especially, like yeah. ran real angry. finished runs that yes. were physical and – Jalen was doing his thing, making jump cuts and, and, and slithering through smaller holes. Like I thought it was a really complete win. You know, like when we talk, we're going to talk about Kenny a lot. And we're also going to talk about George cause he had a hundred yard game, but there was, it was a really complete team effort. I thought like up and down there were contributions from, from pretty much everyone in the lineup.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, this was like for all the times we've talked about, Oh, the Steelers got to tell Kenny to do this. They got to tell Deontay to do this. They got to tell Jalen to do this, blah, blah, blah. I think somebody somewhere just kind of looked at Najee and said, dude, just run straight, man. Just, just run forward and things work out so well in your favor. That's who you are. And once he started doing that, because you saw it early. He was trying to make cuts to the outside. He was trying to make moves, turn turn short yardage gains into long yardage gains. That's just not his game. Like At some point, he just said, all right, I'm just going to run straight. And things are going to happen. And those all turned into like seven, eight yard runs. And you're like, that's, that's exactly what you're looking for. If you're not like seven, eight yard runs, win football games. They are the most crucial component to winning a football game actually is if you can execute. I mean, we've all done it. We've all played that guy in Madden. We've all watched the football game where the team just six yard run, six yard run, six yard run six yard run and then they win 17 to 10 because you have no time to score points and they're just slowly ticking away the clock i thought that was beautiful Jalen warren too i like that they got Najee involved in the past game uh my apologies to everybody who watched my parlay video Jalen warren having negative one yards receiving ridiculous but i still uh i still agree with that one i agree i thought deontay johnson was huge my thing on deontay johnson is last year He didn't really like have help like George Pickens was huge, but George Pickens was still coming into his own and the Steelers offense as a whole was only really utilizing him as like a deep threat. Now that George Pickens is like a star receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Deontay Johnson is so dangerous because teams are like, well, what are we going to do here? Because, you know, Deontay needs to be double teamed, but George Pickens needs to be double teamed and you're going to go after George because that's a, you know, George is a catch it six yards deep take it to the house Deontay's a catch it you know 13 yards deep and get 20 yards both of them super efficient you want both of them on your team but I think that's what what helps Deontay a lot what, what were your thoughts on uh George Pickens and his uh his costly penalty the the the, the block I thought and eh, my only issue there is that he's been called for that before the season so at some point you know what I mean kind of put it away figure it out um but the the taunting penalty there, he said that the Rams were getting under his skin, that they were kind of attacking him. I mean, people people were were complaining about that on on social media a lot. A lot of people comparing it to DK Metcalf, saying this could be a a big issue for the Pittsburgh Steelers if they don't get it under wraps early. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, yeah, I mean the the blindside block. I mean, he hit him in the chest. Like he got all the way around on that
0: one. Yeah, I understand I agree. why
1: they made that call, but I mean. I think you do make a good point, though. Like, he's, you know, you got to learn at some point. And, and yeah, that block, yeah. I don't think, was super necessary to to that play. Uh, no, but just I, in like, front of him. Right. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I don't really see it as, like, a long-term issue. I mean, it's something that they got to talk to him about and make sure that he's not doing week-to-week. But I don't think George has really shown that that's a part of his game, you know, that's not, or a part of his personality, that he's going to go out every week and have these emotional issues you know going after guys on the field. Um yeah. it was it was an emotional game and yeah, he shouldn't have gotten that penalty, but I don't know. I I don't think he's he's shown that it's a it's a long-term issue. Um Yeah. Yeah, you don't want it to happen, but I'm not exactly worried about George, you know, shooting this team in the foot consistently uh in the middle of games cuz that's just I don't know. That's just not that, that just like the the numbers, the the play that he's put on the fields throughout what one and a half years uh, yeah. in the NFL just doesn't just doesn't back that up.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like I thought, a lot of people were like, "Oh, George is so immature. He's got to grow up. He's got to grow up." People were losing their minds, and like I get it. You can't have those penalties. You got to be smarter than that. But Deontay had one of those penalties earlier, which was the weakest call of all time. That was yeah. like like the the pass interference on Akella Witherspoon shouldn't have been called. The refs stink. We know the refs stink in the NFL this season. They're really all time, but that time, like there was get out of here. Um, the George Pickens thing, like, dude, he's 22 years old. He's talking smack to a guy all night long. Like, it's just part of football. Sometimes that's going to happen. And sometimes you're going to say something that takes it too far, and you have no idea where that, where that bar is, where the line is for the ref. You've, you just don't. You have no idea when they're going to throw a flag. You're just talking until they do. That's part of football. Just like you said, he hasn't done this like a whole ton. I think people carry the Georgia stuff into the NFL and they just said like, oh, well, he had issues in college and then he was yelling coming off the sideline last year and people were losing their minds about that. Like, OK, yeah, I would. You do you know how? Do you know how hard it had to be to keep yourself together through the 2022 season as anybody who was good at football on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? Because I'm so I got a short temper. It's part of me. I would lose my mind working in that offense last season. I, they're just, you wouldn't be able to do it, especially if you're as talented as George Pickens and like somebody who like showed like immediately, like, yeah, I could be involved in this. So I don't even count that. I just, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I think a lot of people are making a fuss about something that you're just like, okay, would well, you want him to not talk smack? Like, do you want this guy to just get at him to just walk away? Because then at that, at that point, like, I'm like, oh,
1: okay, soft. What do we, soft. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was just also like the tenor of the game, and I think Mike Tomlin made uh, made this point after the game, where it's in a game like that, you can't like back down from it, you know? Yeah, like there is a way to. I mean, you you obviously want to avoid unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, especially you know late in the fourth quarter when you're trying to mount a comeback. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. He he was he was happy that the team showed some emotion and showed some fight, and he's. you know, he didn't exactly put it in this many words, but he was—he basically said, "I would—I would rather they err on the side of being a little bit too fired up, you know, a little yes. bit too passionate, instead of being passive." Because I think that game absolutely demanded you to play with fire and and you to to be really passionate and play with force against a uh, really good defense. So, you know, I, yeah, if this becomes a pattern, then you're worried about it. But it's not a pattern right now. It's—it's yeah. uh, it's just George. Being george a little bit and yeah there's there's better ways to channel it probably but i don't know maybe we're having a different conversation about this if they if they lose and then we're yes we're ragging on george and, and we're telling him that you know he does have to be more mature but i don't know they won so i guess we get to we get to treat it that way you know
0: that's exactly what it is if you lose this is a different conversation but they won so who cares you know this is this is uh just like you said just like tomlin said rather say whoa than sick him george pickens is a he's a georgia bulldog He's he's had that fire in him since the day he showed up in Pittsburgh. Again, he's 22 years old, man. I was 22, 23 years old is like your prime smack talking age. At that point in your life, you are you've never been better. It, you know, you are peaking physically, and you are you're just fi- You you're just gonna talk smack. That's just what you're yeah. gonna do.
1: You yeah, know? and the, and I mean, like the last point I'll make about it is that like there's a difference between I think what George was doing last year, which I did have a little bit of an issue with when he was just yelling at teammates on the sidelines yeah. because he thought he wasn't getting the ball. Like, I don't think that's productive, yep. but I think this was a little different. This is aimed at someone else. It's aimed at your opponent and it's, yep. I I don't know. It, it fit the tenor of the game. You know, yep. I, I thought this was, this was very different from the emotion that he showed last year, which I thought at times wasn't, wasn't necessarily the best thing for him to do. I
0: agree. I agree. And if you go back and watch that game, which, you know, I turned it back on after the, uh, Actually midway through the Eagles Dolphins game I was getting a little tired. Um, Najee Harris talk smacked that entire game. Every time he stood up he was this close to somebody's face screaming. So it was just it's just part of the game like that's just what that's just what the game was made it better. I agree. I agree. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg this is the deal. Each week your hear here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more
1: doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
0: Matt Canada that offense puts up 24 points 24 points shout out to TJ Watt he, you know you, I think you got to reward him with at least seven of those points because that interception was unbelievable and on a day where everybody's talking about oh Miles Garrett is ridiculous Miles Garrett's going to win defensive player of the year Miles Gra- Garrett's the greatest defensive player of all time and don't get me wrong Miles Garrett looked unreal against the Colts the, to be able to stay in a stance and jump over a human being from that stance ridiculous T.J. Watt was like, nah, pal, look it, relax, okay? You want to double-team me? I'm just going to come up with a quick interception here. Everything will be fine. Either way, Canada, that offense, 24 points against the L.A. Rams, a pretty good defense. I mean, did your thoughts change on Matt Canada yesterday? Did you, did you look at that game and say, this is a building block? Did you look at that game and say, yeah, we've seen these moments before. This has got to be sustainable. Did nothing change? What was your... Uh, what are your thoughts? What was your reaction on Matt Canada?
1: I don't know if much really changed, but I did think it was a pretty good game for Matt Canada. Um yeah. I I thought during the first three, two and a half quarters, whatever you want to say, uh however you want to draw that line, uh, what held them back was not play calling. Um it wasn't even really I guess you could call it execution, but it was there were a lot of penalties that kept them in third and longs like third and yep. sevens or, or longer and that really limits their playbook especially against a defense this good it allowed the the pass rush to pin their ears back uh took a lot of your playbook out of the out of the um you know out of use um, and then you know in late in the third quarter and then into the into the fourth quarter they just play cleaner you know they mm-hmm. like they they stopped shooting themselves in the foot and they were able to stay on schedule with with the run game that we talked about Kenny was making was making good throws. I mean, Keddy was efficient for the entire game. It wasn't yes. just, you know, in the in the second half. Uh so I I think Matt Canada did get guys open. I thought there was a pretty clear plan to balance things with the run game. They I, I also think the uh I don't know. You can just see them continue to you saw this a little bit in the Ravens game too, but the identification of George Pickens every time is he's one on one, it's like back shoulder throw, back yes. shoulder throw, back shoulder throw. Like yes. there is there is clearly a plan that this team is developing, and they are. I don't know. Maybe it took a lot longer than it should have, but yeah, guys are figuring each other out. Um, Matt Canada seems to know what Kenny likes. Kenny seems to know what what he's comfortable with and what his receivers are comfortable with. I don't know. I just felt like there was an overall much higher level of competency and uh preparedness and yes. the game plan was much more cohesive going into this game than i think we've seen a long time maybe ever you know yes
0: yes i agree i agree 100 this is the first time where we walked away from a game and we don't have to acknowledge that yeah there was that one really stupid shuffle pass there was that one really stupid play call on third down there was that one just like nonsense pitch out of nowhere or inability to score at the one yard. Like there was none of that. And that was the first time in Matt Canada's entire Steelers career where we have walked away from a game and said, yeah, wasn't perfect in the first half. Wasn't even close to perfect in the, in the first half. But then didn't, they didn't do anything like overly dumb. They you didn't walk away and go, man, I why would you do an end around to Calvin to Calvin Austin on second and ten? We didn't Why see one jet that?
1: sweep I don't think.
0: Not was one jet sweep? Yeah. Uh, there was not one. Not one jet sweep, not one nothing. This was this was a game that a that you looked at and said, "Wow, this is not a this is like I don't even want to say it's a good offensive coordinator. It's just when you watch Matt Canada typically, you know, every single week before this week when you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, you said, "Wow, that was a really stupid move by Matt Canada. Why are you doing this?" This was the first game in his career where you just said, I didn't even acknowledge that there was an offensive coordinator here. Like I, you could watch this game and go, wow, that was just normal football. Who would have thought my big thing is this, what it showed last night is that when you run competent offensive game plans and play calls, Kenny Pickett and company play well, they, they win you games. They score more than 20 points. Like. Like, you got to remember, the, the Steelers averaged 15.8 points going into that game. They scored 24. That is ridiculous. That is, like, that's, that's, that's an unbelievable score for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't shoot yourself in the foot, and these guys do this. Where my concern comes in, and where I think that I'm not, like, I'm not ready to, to buy in on Matt and I'm not even close, is if it, if this is one game. We've seen one game. And what it's shown me is Deontay Johnson's really good. George Pickens is a freaking superstar. Kenny Pickett is actually a competent quarterback who could get things done. And your running game is actually pretty good, along with your offensive line. Like, did you notice that Mason Cole wasn't running all over the field last night? You want to know who was? Isaac Ciamalu and James Daniels and Dan Moore, people who are athletically gifted enough to move on the offensive line. It was ridiculous how much everything changed. If it goes back next week to the point where you're like, Okay, that was a really that was a really stupid option play. Why are we doing this? I'm like I I think you look at the situation as 10 times what you looked at it before and just say, "Well, the offense is good when Matt Canada isn't ruining it." So, don't let him ruin it. But if it continues, then, you know, he he clearly he clearly could get it done. I'm just I'm concerned that it's going to go back.
1: Yeah, I mean this is just I mean this is gonna be the story of of this season until yes un, until it ends. It's like how long like I don't think anyone doubts that the Steelers have talent that they can that they can win games about against just about anyone in the league. I mean there's yes. probably only a handful of teams that they can't be competitive with just given their talent level, but it's all about the week to week consistency and it's whether you can you can stack these weeks and these good performances so we're going to keep, I mean, even next week, if they have a good game, I feel like we're going to, we're going to have this same conversation about, Oh, well, can they do it again next week though? You know? And it's, it's until you consistently do it until you show that you can do it on a weekend week out basis, everyone's still going to have those questions about you. So yeah, good performance. But like you said, you gotta, you gotta continue to stack them.
0: You gotta continue to stack them. I do think that it eliminated Mike Tomlin's excuse ever again, which I, you know, I'm not Mike Tomlin and I know for a fact that he will continue to use this excuse, but the next time Mike Tomlin says, "Oh, execution, it was our problem is execution," I want somebody to put this tape on and say, "Oh, we'll see what happens when you run competent offensive play calls. Execution happens. Who would have thought that your players are actually good? You know, not Mike Tomlin. Um, and I don't mean to, you know, it was a good game. You got to take your wins, but I just feel like I feel like the excuses have to go out the door because the Steelers showed you that you could do it. The next time it happens, if it does, and if it doesn't. Shout-out Matt Canada. Shout-out the Steelers offense because – and shout-out Mike Tomlin for sticking with his guys because sometimes sometimes it does work. Let's flip over the defensive side of the football. There is – obviously, you could talk about T.J. Watt being an absolute menace. Guy's ridiculous. There's a bigger, more glaring issue. I don't even want to say an issue. Just like a a decision that has to be made. Last night, the Pittsburgh Steelers – They rocked with Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson, at cornerback. I anticipate that's going to continue from here on out. But I think it's clear as day at this point that the Pittsburgh Steelers' best option is Joey Porter Jr. Makes zero sense not to start Joey Porter Jr. And I like Levi Wallace. I think Levi Wallace is a good dude, and I think he's a competent cornerback. What I saw from him last night was a guy who was as lost as lost can be out on that football field. Meanwhile, Joey Porter Jr. was... If you didn't ask him to tackle, he was a stud. You know, you ask him to tackle, he's not that great at it, but if you just say, "Hey, go cover this guy." The Steelers' best option far, far and beyond um, you know, we've we've asked this last week and the week before that and the week before that, but is it time to start Joey Porter Jr.?
1: Yeah, I mean, Joey Porter Jr. would be Darrell Reeves if this was flag football. Um, he would <laughs> like there no no it's one true. would even get past him. Um, true. but yeah, I I think I don't know. I, I get concerned less with you know whether he's a starter or not Mm -hmm. and I I'm more concerned with how many snaps he's playing like if he's playing 60 or 70 percent of the snaps like I I could really care less if he's the first guy out there Mm -hmm. I feel like the Steelers are going to be a little old-fashioned and that they will respect Patrick Peterson and Levi Wallace enough to let them kind of hold on to those starting jobs but yeah when the game matters, they like it's been the past two weeks when the game has really mattered, when the snaps have been the most important uh they've gone to Joey Porter Jr, and I think that's been the right move. Uh, I think you can live with some of the tackling issues or the development yeah. of of his tackling at this level if he can continue to cover the way he he do- he has um, yes I agree Joey still seems to kind of get away though with some of the yeah. stuff people are afraid of in college, like he's still pretty handsy. He yeah. hasn't really. I don't think he's gotten flagged for. No, but DPI. he should, dude, because that yeah.
0: one—that was a straight pass interference. Like he yeah. almost. That was the best tackle he had all night long. Was on that. <laughs> was on that play,
1: but you didn't get flagged. So, who cares? Yeah, I mean, he, if you uh, got my bad. Uh, well, Jimmy, <laughs> mean, just if you can get away with it, like I mean, no, like the results speak for itself. If they're not going to yeah. call you for it, then keep doing it, man. Like I don't care.
0: Yeah, just keep talking. Just, uh, just I got the snap counts here. So Patrick Peterson played ninety nine percent of the team's defensive snaps, which I think that's a skewed number just because he bounces inside. So like he almost doesn't come off the field just because, uh, Chandon Sullivan does come off the field. Um, Joey Porter Jr. seventy eight percent of the team's defensive snaps last night. Levi Wallace seventy two percent of the team's defensive snaps. So the turn, uh, the turn might be coming. What's your yeah. what's your number? Like, what do you? Not the Rams are are a hard team to talk about because like a hard example to use because they run three wide receiver sets almost exclusively. What's like a like a typical offense where you only have to have two corners out there and maybe a slot? What's your what's your number that you're looking for for Joey Porter Jr.? I, I want to say Levi Wallace because like we said, Patrick Peterson's a weird number to
1: work with. But like a, a Joey Porter to the starters kind of split. I think it's got to be like at least it's got to be around that 70% number again next week and then kind of keep yeah. moving forward. It's got to like bump up to 80 maybe the next week and like keep, you know, or maybe go, you know, 70 to 75 to 80 to 85. And then like eventually to that point where he's playing like 90% of the snaps, because yeah. I think you make a good point also about how Patrick Peterson's going to move around a little bit. Like you can keep all three of these guys on the field. Like I don't. I also have not been super impressed with Chandon Sullivan, so... No, gosh. I mean, the idea that he should continue to see playing time, like, no thanks, I would take... I mean, I haven't been super impressed with Patrick Peterson either, but I think, you know, your best option is is him over Sullivan in the slots, so you can find some wiggle room for Peterson to stay on the field uh, and then Porter to continue to get more and more reps. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, like... I, I hear you about Levi Wallace. I just – there has been no point really during the season where I've been super impressed with him. Maybe that Raiders game where he mm-hmm. came up with with two picks. But, like, even then, I, I don't know. I wasn't he, – he did not have – I did not think yeah. he had a very good game, like, play-to-play, play, like, actually covering people. But, no. So I, I, I don't really know. I don't know if you can completely move on from Levi, but I I'd still feel more comfortable. I feel like with Joey Porter out there on a snap snap basis than than Levi Wallace right now. So yeah, I
0: agree. I agree. It's not it's not about the like Levi comes up with splash, but it was like last year. Like Levi had what was it four five interceptions something like that yeah, last like, season. I thought
1: more, quite honestly. But yeah, yeah,
0: but like Levi didn't play great last season. He got blown up a bunch of times. But that's the thing is like Levi is a capable NFL cornerback. But he's not going to start on most teams. And even if he does start for Pittsburgh, like, that's cool as long as Joey Porter's out there. You know what I mean? Like, stop putting stop putting a guy's best receiver and saying, all right, Levi Wallace, man, he's got it. No, you have Joey Porter Jr. for a reason. He's the future. I am excited to see where Darius Rush goes in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if he, he'll get involved. Um, I caught him working with Patrick Peterson Friday. Friday and I was talking to him about it and he was like oh yeah dude the second I walked in this building and realized Pat P was here I'm going over to Pat P and we're gonna we're gonna figure out this defense um so hopefully that becomes a thing at some point but yeah dude Joey Porter Jr has got to be out there there's no questions about it anymore the dudes it's not like a small sample size and like honestly if if Terrell Austin like took the podium on Thursday and was like yeah man until he could tackle he can't start I'd be like all right I get that you know you gotta be able to tackle but if he's just if he just keeps saying things like Nah, I don't think he's ready to to take on that role yet. I don't think he's actually watching film. I think he's just I think he's just like dozing off, you know, or staring at TJ Watt something. Because Joey Porter is by far their best corner and I think everybody acknowledges it at this point. I think Patrick Peterson even knows it at this point and he's like kind of open to moving inside cuz he he made it known to to a lot of us in the locker room that like he kind of expected to move around a little bit more and maybe like is super open to moving around a little bit more. And I just, I think it's Joey Portridge. I think that's, that's clear as day. All right, let's wrap this show up with, uh, our, uh, weekly Monday question here. Pittsburgh Steelers four and two, which is, I mean, if you told me after week one, the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to end up four and two, I'd be like, you're nuts. Okay. Four and two, two and oh, in the AFC North, they got the Jacksonville Jaguars coming up. And then the, uh, Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football. Where do you stand with the, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, what are your thoughts on where these guys are and what are your thoughts on where these guys can go? Well,
1: I still feel like I need to see more. I feel like I still need to see what we talked about a little bit earlier in that week-to-week consistency. Like, yep, you know, we we know this team can compete with the best of them. We know that they are at their best a borderline elite team, if not, you know, a lock for the for the playoffs. But sometimes they lay eggs. And I don't know especially going into this week so i made my bold prediction before uh you know during the bye week that they would win their four games coming out of the bye week yep. this next one is the most this is the biggest hurdle to to cross uh yeah. and i think if they come out of this week with a win i don't really care how they do it quite honestly because i think the jaguars are a pretty good team but if you come out of this week with a win i think i'm kind of all i'm all the way back in on them as certainly a playoff team if not yeah you know, a team that can make a little bit of a run there. But like I said, we got to see it. You know, you got to see the week, week consistency. You got to see them take this win, which I thought was a good win in LA, a really good win in LA and yeah. turn that into momentum and turn that into, to something that you can, to actually build on it, you know, like not yep. just say, oh, this is something we can build on, but to actually do the building.
0: Yep. My, I agree. I think my thoughts are just like you said, like if you could get through Jacksonville, just look at what's ahead. Tennessee, who right now doesn't even know if they're going to have a quarterback because Ryan Tannehill's got injury issues. He might run into Malik Willis. That's not going to be great for Tennessee. You could get past Tennessee. Green Bay doesn't totally scare me right now. Could, should scare a team like the Steelers. Like The Steelers, you typically play down to their opponent. That could be worrisome. Cleveland's a disaster. You know, I get it that they won. Cleveland's a disaster. Deshaun Watson doesn't even want to play football for them anymore. I mean, that is... As alarming as it gets to get to to be totally clear to say, hey, look, we're good to go. And like, I'm all about player safety, whatever. But if he didn't if he if he didn't rule himself out of a football game 90 minutes before kickoff two weeks earlier, I would have looked at that situation and said, okay, like, you know, there I get it. You want to be safe, but it just kind of feels like Deshaun's done. He got his guaranteed money. He doesn't want to do this anymore. Cleveland doesn't scare me since he a little worrisome. Arizona, not at all. New England. I get they had a good week, but not at all as well. You you could get to a point where, sorry, you could get to a point where. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You could get to a point if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers where you are in such a really good spot come like the last quarter of the season where like you could almost already lock yourself into a playoff team. where you could just say like the AFC race isn't really that big right now. Isn't really that deep. Uh, we we should be able to lock in one of these three spots. I think right now I feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers are a playoff team. They're in a really good spot. The momentum's shifting. I want to see what happens next week. Just like you said, that's that's a big one for me. Just like you yep. said, if they could beat Jacksonville, if they could if they could show us what they did in LA in Jacksonville, I'll sit here and say this is this is a team that could do st- something. I don't know how far they can go, but I'm not giving up on them just yet. That's kind of where I stand. I want one more. One more really solid performance after this performance. Stack them. Three-game winning streak against three good teams. Feel good about it. And and if your offense improves each week, I mean, thank you, go places. I agree. I agree. Could be be a good time, good second half for the Pittsburgh Steelers. With that one, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk with us. Find us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube, sorry, at youtube.com. Slash All Steelers Talk and find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of our work at allsteelers.com, especially on this beautiful Victory Monday, and find all of our pick coverage at insidethepanthers.com. Enjoy a very lovely but freezing cold day here in the Berg, but enjoy your Victory Monday. Peace.